Yo, 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 it's your boy Joe. And it's your boy Greg. And we're the co-pilot from Coast to Coast. We do the most. So what's your flight? Whatever it is, we got you covered. Yeah, man. So what's been up with you, though, Greg, man? You know, the weekend and, you know, it's been a lot going on. So how how was your weekend, bro? I mean, you know, it started out all right, man. But, you know, we kind of had a bummer set Sunday, man. You know, Sunday went didn't go too well for me. But it's all good, though. You feel me? <laughs> you know, I feel you, man. I, I'm I'm a, I'm officially out the playoffs right now. You know, Cancun on three right now. You feel me? One, two, three, Cancun. Cancun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? For me, man, this weekend it was just like, um, actually, I'm on this whole new Daniel Fast. I don't know if you heard of the Daniel Fast or whatever. Oh yeah, of course, so, I, yeah. And so I've been doing this Daniel Fast, and it's just been like, um, man, it's been challenging, but it's actually been rewarding because for me. I feel like I'm disciplining myself. You feel what I'm saying? Like right. in my eating habits. So I'm like, you know, at the end of it, I've been doing it for almost like I'll be done this week. The, the 22nd will be my last day of the fast. And so I'm like, you know, if I can do that for 21 days, you know, I want to be able to apply some of those things in my in other areas of my life. If so, I'm not mistaken, you just eat like like vegetables and fruits and stuff, right? Right. Uh, vegetables, yeah. fruits, uh, nuts, like peanuts and stuff like that, right. you know, um, no bread if it's yeah. like you know so it's it's been a challenge but i ain't gonna lie you know what i'm saying like once i got started maybe after like the first couple days it actually got easier for me man and it just you know i feel myself like dang i'm not saying i can do this lifestyle but i can do this every now and again man you know what i'm saying i learned i learned about the daniel fast man reading on the book of dan you know that's one of my favorite books of the bible and um uh-huh. And you know, I you know, I learned about it then. I seen dudes that actually tried it. I I never tried it myself. I actually went on a fast before, but I never tried the Daniel fast myself. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that like if I can handle a, a, a um a fast going without um eating and drinking, I can go on a fast just eating um fruits and and vegetables. I know it'd be hard, but I think I I made to do it. That's what's up though, man. So we're gonna get right into uh this weekend NFL playoffs. And you know, the big shocker was the one in Dallas. But we're gonna get an updated playoff picture right here. This is the updated playoff picture um of the teams that are still remaining in. And Greg, you know, I'm gonna let you start off um because we wanna start right into the Dallas game, man. Like, what's your thoughts, bro? I'm gonna say this, you know, and I and I know a lot of people is a lot of people not gonna agree with my opinion on this, you know, and because you know that press got get a lot of heat, and you remember we was talking about this early in the year, you know, in the 49 game, I was like, well, yeah, you know, that can play better, but you know, a lot of fans have to understand this, Cowboy fans have to understand this. It's like you know. When we look at these players, we look at these quarterbacks like the Tom Brady's of the world, the Peyton Manning, the Aaron Rodgers, and, and so on and so on. And we commend them for their comebacks, um, for being able to be down, down in the game and be able to come back and win. But one of the things that you have to remember that in order to have a comeback, you also have to have a um, defense on the other side of the ball as well. You know, I mean, along with – you know, Tom Brady scoring scoring points in the Super Bowl to come back on, on Seattle and Atlanta, his defense also had to make stops, and that was something that was non-existent when, when you know, when we seen Dak try to orchestrate a comeback or the offense tried to orchestrate a comeback. You know, 
you know, first half wasn't so good, you know, with the two interceptions. And I would say that first interception wasn't a bad throw. You know, that could have been called a holding or you can say that was great defense by um by um Alexander. But I mean, when you look at, you know, because a lot of people, they 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 saying that um that need to be out there. They need to. But when I look at this game, man, I see that um, McCarthy got out coach. You know, that game came down to um, the Cowboys having poor preparation, like wasn't prepared at all. When you look at um, just look at just look at the plays that Green Bay scored on with ease. You know, you had a, a receiver without a defender within 10 yards of him. And this was on multiple plays. Like they gave up a lot of big plays. And, you know, you talking about um, a top five defense all season to go into a playoff game with a with a um inexperienced team, a young inexperienced team, and to be able to just like fall short like this, you know. So, you know, I you know, players have to play better, but also, man, coaches have to has to have their players better prepared coming into these games, you know. You look at and I, and I like that it was something that um Shannon had pointed to because and the only reason I'm bringing it up because it validates a point that I had brought up some years ago about the Cowboys team. And I didn't I didn't I didn't realize I didn't see it until somebody brought it up to me when we was in prison. I'm a partner boy. He said, man, you look at this Cowboy team, man, they is too predictable. And this team is very predictable, you know. Even you look back with Zeke was there, you know, the, the team was predicated off the run. And th- that what made this team that predictable because not and not just that, the play calling. And, you know, let's think about like on, on the defense side of the ball, you know. Cowboys, the reason why the Cowboys had a lot of turnovers because the Cowboys, outside of just being well skilled, they was an aggressive team. And you seen like a lot of a lot of times, and I I like that they brought it up by defenders like undercut a lot of the routes, and you seen that with Deron Bland a lot of times as well, being able to undercut a lot of routes, and also um Diggs, but you know he didn't play this game, and it's like Green Bay knew that this was going to happen, and they prepared for it, they planned for, it, and this. What set up the big play because they knew that these these defenders was was aggressive and going to try to cut the route you know undercut routes and they gave up big plays in doing so. And I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Like you know, watching this game, I don't really put a lot of fault on that, bro. I ain't gonna even lie because it was like the defense, like they got so like you know they got it. They went up. Up so fast before a blink of an eye, they was down 27 zip. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? So it was just like I felt like the offense could never really get their 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 footing because they was playing from from a from a big lead from early in the game. So it's like if you want to go stick with the run game, you couldn't stick with the run game because of the simple fact that y'all already down by you know so many points. You know what I'm saying? So y'all gotta score fast. Exactly. And I felt like once they really got their footing, bro, once they really like, oh, damn, like, what's going on? It was about, like, halfway through the third it was, quarter. It was, yeah, and it was, it was too late. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The game was about over. And not only that, I mean, you got a team with a big, big margin. What, it was like 27-0 before um, um, the Cowboys orchestrated a winning drive at the end of the second, at the end of the second quarter. 
Right. And and this was coming off of pick six. So now going into going into um the third quarter, I mean, give up they give up another big play. So it's like when the when the offense finally find a rhythm, which you know a lot of you know a lot of analysts not bringing up. When the offense finally find a rhythm, it's like the defense still non-existence. It's like they still not showing up. So, like I say, man, I think that man, when you look at you know Dan Quinn, uh, Mike McCarthy, Dan Quinn with his coaching staff, it's like the the coaches did not have their team prepared, man. They really didn't have them prepared, man. And, I mean, when you just look at this game, man, and it goes back to what you said earlier, coaching. Like, you got to tip your hat to Matt LaFleur's crew and his his right. coaching staff because, like, that first drive, it, like, they scored, right? And people that was watching the game was probably like, all right, Dallas going to get it back. You know what I'm saying? They went three and out, boom, scored again. So now you like, all right, come on now, man. Come on, man. Went and it's like the first three drives they scored on all three first they first drives. Right. I mean, and it was with with with, with ease. And then right. you now you start to look at okay, now come on, Dallas, is y'all gonna get you get it together? And I kept I ain't gonna lie, like the first the first half I gave them hope. Once they scored that last touchdown right before half, and it was twenty seven seven going in the half. I was like, all right, Dallas can do it. They get the ball back. You know what I'm saying? They'll come back and they'll you know they'll cut cut the lead within two scores. Now you back in the game. Correct. Man, they got three and out. Once they got that three and out in Dallas, when Green Bay scored again, I saw they not coming back. They're not coming back because we know Dak ain't built to come back. He's not that type of quarterback. He's a type of quarterback that he has to be on schedule. Everything has to go as planned. The rain game got to be going. And then, you know, open up C.D. Lamb and everything else. Well, I, but, I would say this. Like, you ahead. know, I wouldn't say, like, that's Dak that regular to be a come-from-behind quarterback. But I will say that Dak has showed that he can come from behind and win games. Like, because – Not you know, that big, though. I ain't going to lie. But, Not that big. But let's let's – because let's look at his first playoff game against Green Bay. Down with, like, 20-something to uh, probably zero, three or something like that. And Prescott brought – bring them back, tie the game up. Defense couldn't hold up. That was a good game, though. This game, like I say, if if the if 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 you know if 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 the defense hold up, you know you possibly could see him come back. You know that game, or, or you say you can see that this game that game being decided in like the last two minutes of the game, if the defense like shows some type of resistance, you know, because it, it go back it go back to the point I made earlier, you know, in mm-hmm. making these crucial comebacks. Not only that, the offense have to be on rhythm. The defense have to be able to make stops as well. So for sure, salute the skinny boy Chef, man. He uh he he chimed in on he chimed in on the live screen, man. He showed us some love, man. Go check him out too if you're in the Augusta area. Uh, he 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 a good chef, man. Know him from from the army, man. His food good and his motherfucker can cut too. So, but yeah, salute the skinny boy Chef. Y'all see. Huh. So, but yeah, man, back to what you were saying, though, Greg. Yeah, though, man. Like I say, though, um, love you too, ma. But yeah, back to what I was saying, though, man. In order, in order to be able to orchestrate these type of comebacks, man, you also have to have a defense play as well. You know, w- without a defense, you know, 
Tom Brady is never known for being able to come from behind in the Super Bowl against the Atlanta Falcons. I agree. Now, I think, man, you know what I mean. I think what's so frustrating for Dallas fans is that <laughs> sitting here, dog, it's y'all got the number two seed. Correct. Y'all fought off Philadelphia. Philadelphia was in like we seen. We're gonna talk about Philadelphia in in, in a minute, right? But we seen what Philadelphia was doing, right? So it it looked like Dallas was the better team. Like, dang, this is the Correct. year. It looked like the stars and everything was lining up for Dallas. Like, this might be the year they make exactly. the NFC Championship <laughs> game because you got Green Bay the first game. We yeah. knew they kind of snuck in the playoffs, but that's the thing about the NFL, man. Yeah. Once you get in, it's a whole new season. So, like, whatever happened in the regular season don't mean shit because you can always get hot and then – you know, you know, it is what it is. And we've seen that with um with Green Bay as well as with let's move on. And I don't know if you should uh oh before we uh finish talking about Dallas though, let's talk about your boy Dak Prescott, man. Because Talking about with the coach. I think is I think we need to ask this question right here, man. Is that the answer in Dallas, man? I mean, after this colossal lap, what do you think that the answer? I would say this, I wouldn't move on from him. And, wow. and to go back to my point that, you know, outside of the beginning of the game, I would say Dak played well in the second half of the game. But, it, you know, with with the same performance, right, in a win, we're not even – this is not even much a conversation right now. You get what I'm saying? Right. And, 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 it, and it's based off the fact that the defense did not show up. You know, the players is not the ones that I'm questioning. It's the coaches right now, you know. Although, yeah, wow. the coach can because, you know, the coaches, the players, they can play better. You know, it's not always on the coaches. You know, the coach, the players can play better. But if you just look at the type of game that this was, man, Dallas had the, the better talent from top right. to bottom. Right. I mean, probably every position outside the running back position. Right. You know, I agree. Every position except for the running back position. That man, got, I coach at, at, at the crib now. At the crib. Yeah. That's why I say, you know, for me, when it comes to the question about Dak Prescott, I look at it like this. That man, I mean, you can't get rid of him because of the money. The money. We know that. Right. But if it's somebody out there that feel like they can fix that, I will get rid of him. Or you gotta go into the next season, that gotta be fighting for his job. Trey Lance got to come off now. It's it's time. That's what you you went and got Trey Lance for for this year, and it's time now for Trey Lance to get some shine now because that to me that performance lets me know that he, he's too comfortable. Like the the way his post game conference, oh, this is not the standard that it is. Oh, we know it wasn't the damn standard. Right. That that ass we we saw but, that. But you just said you just said you don't blame this game on that. I don't blame it on that. Right, but. But you know, I don't blame this game on that. Only reason why, because I felt like the defense, it was, it was, it mainly was the defense and like the turnovers that he, like, let's just take, let's just deep dive the two turnovers that that got, right? Right. One of them was a great play. Jar Alexander, he just made a good ass play on the ball. Right. You can't, you, and he, he, that, so I ain't gonna give him one of them interception. The other interception, that was a bad That was that trying to do too much because they was right. down already. They was already down like, what, two scores at that point when he, when he threw that pick six? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You see what I'm saying? So it was like he was trying to – actually, it was down three scores. 
So he was all he was trying to press. So it was like, let me let me see if I can let me do something to get the defense get, to get to get it, get us going, get to get uh get some momentum on our side. So I mean, overall, I just felt like that could never just get his his um get yeah. get in rhythm because they was already down by so many points, man. It was it, and that's hard for the quarterback to do when you, you know every time you they're scoring every time they get the ball, and okay. that he's not he's not a Pat Mahomes type quarterback. He's not a Tom Brady type quarterback where you can he can put the team on his back and Josh he's just not that guy. And so even though I don't blame that for this for this win, the optics I'm gonna say the optics of this would make it like you got to get rid of that because it's like the optics look like he didn't get the job done. And I have to say, you know, if you're gonna make an example on this team, you got to start with the quarterback, bro. So if I'm gonna make an example, I gotta start with the quarterback. If, if my quarterback it can get is not exempt to get traded, that means everybody else that's on this roster, that means they need to step their game up now. You know right. what I'm saying? So I think it, it it just sets a tone for everybody. And you know, if if that if you can get rid of that, that lets everybody know, hey, this is not the standard. We 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 need we supposed to be playing for championships, and um. That's what you. That's what I would do. That's what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You gotta. You gotta set. You gotta set the standard with the quarterback. Even though his ain't his fault, he right, still. You, it, it, it start with him. But you said. You said like if to get rid of your quarterback, you basically saying that you are in the process of rebuilding. You know what I'm saying? You're not just going to get a Pat Mahomes overnight. You know, I mean, like what other quarterback you're going to go out there? So if you're going to get rid of your quarterback, that's basically saying to your team, uh, we in rebuild mode. You know, that's pretty much the message that you're, you're sending, because after that, you probably you're going to have players that probably going to be hesitant to resign. You know, yeah. but I mean, I mean, at, well, at this point, though, let me ask you from from a, a, I was trying to get my boy uh, Aaron on. He uh, he's down in the D area, so he kind of know the temperature of the, of, the, of the city right now. Right. But my question to you is, is what do you do at this point now? You've seen what Dak has done his last three playoff appearances. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Well, and well, it hasn't been good. And it seems well, like to won, me, his last, he won one and lost two. Won one and lost two. And we only blaming him for one of those. And that's the one against San Fran. Well, we going to blame him for that one. Definitely that one. You know, um, he, didn't, he didn't show up. That, that, was, know, that, was, that was bad. That was bad. You know, so right. I, I mean, like. If if you see him with a with a with a with a with a with a, a hell of a performance, even though Tampa Bay defense wasn't all that good, you know, then we see him with a a a bad performance. But now we just seen him come with a um a decent performance as well. You know, a lot of people are gonna say it was a bad performance because they're gonna look at the two interceptions. But I mean, we look at you look at the whole game. I would say Dak played decent. You know, if, if we're going to look at the whole game, because like I say, that that one in he just one interception. The other one wasn't his fault. You know, he, well, he, I would say this. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I said, I don't put this game on that, but I just feel like, man, you know, the the the, the mainstream media, the public perception is that because he's the leader of the team. Okay, but like that's the public perception. You know what I'm saying? We done seen this same public perception along with um Peyton Manning. You know, you remember they for a long time they were saying Peyton Manning, he can't get over the hump. He cannot get over the hump. 
Yeah, and I remember lot, that. And a lot of it because he it had to do with every time he went against Tom Brady, he didn't have no defense. But if you look at how Tom, if you look at how Peyton Manning was losing these games, it's like, you know, every you know they played New England, he, they got their behind whoop. But if you look at these other games that they lost, you know, a lot of times when 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 Peyton Manning was losing, it was because it was it'll be a game when he come from behind and 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 they go into overtime and losing overtime with him never touching the ball, or 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 like I, I was I I can recall the game against the Jets. Um, when he um brought the team and, and and he took the lead, and I think that was Braylon that was had a, a kick return run back to the two yard line. The Jets kicked the field goal and win. You know I would say this. Yeah, I get what you're saying in that aspect of it though. But I will say this though: like when you compare those situations, like if you look at those Peyton Manning coach teams, they fought Tony Dungy had them boys ready. It was like the best team, the better, the better team won. Where it was like, you know what? And they were prepared. Who had them ready? What? Say that again. Tony I like Dungy. what, I like what Tony you just Dungy said. Had them boys ready. I like what you said. Not Peyton Manning had them ready. Tony Dungy had them ready, and that's what it boils down to. You got to look at your coaching staff. You know what I'm saying? And it's the same thing we was talking about with the Jaguars. Like, you know, we got all this t- talent, but we took a step back. You know what I'm saying? So you have to look. You we have to look at the coaching staff. Like, what is the coaching doing to get better? Because the team showed that they was not prepared, and that doesn't come with players just coming up being and having the skill and the talent that come with being in the film room. That come with just you know. Knowing X's and O's, what you know, your assignments, you know, and only thing sometimes the only thing a player can execute is the assignments that that is brought to them. And if right. the assignment is, is is nothing, then that's what's going to be out there on the field is nothing. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, to a certain extent, man. I I mean, I think when you look at the way this loss happened, it it's on everybody. I mean, I would blame most of this loss. If I had to do it by a percentage, I'm going to give that 30% of this loss. I'm going to give the defense um, probably about 40% of the loss because they deserve the most of it. Then I'm going to give the coaching staff the other 30% of the right. loss. This you know something, and, and it's something they was pointing out too, right, And it, that you seen, right? You know, mm-hmm. it was nowhere really for him to throw the ball in that first half. Like I say, like, when you look at like you look at the first half, right? Everybody was well covered, and it had a lot to do with that. This team was figured out in the beginning. You know, they had to do right. adjustments in the second half with this offense. You know, so, you know. So one of the things I look at, right? You know, like just say, just you know, because sometimes you're not going to move the ball. The def- sometimes the defense show the other the opposing team defense shows up. You know, right? And one of the things I look at. Did he miss an assignment? Did he miss a throw? You know what I'm saying? Majority of the time, majority of the night, his first read wasn't there. So to be able to find players throughout your progression, you know, that shows that, okay, yeah, he's doing his part, you know. But like I I I said. I I mean, I have to give Dak some of it, man. I just do, bro. I mean, it's just. This is a big – not, yeah, not to the point where it's like I have to move on with you. You know what I'm saying? And I think a lot of it has to do with um, past failures, you know. And yeah. this is what a lot of – this is what a lot of analysts look at when, they, when they're when evaluating that is 
um what went on last season or the season before last and so on and so on. But if you really watch this game, because right after this game, you know, if you look at like on social media and all these things on on on, on TV, you know, you got people calling, oh, we it's time to get rid of Dak. It's time to get rid of Dak. But I mean I didn't. I didn't hear nobody say that about Michael Parsons. If if we're gonna be honest, like if we look at some of these big big moments, like Michael Parsons is non-existent. You know, I mean, let's look at let's look at the game against the 49ers. Let's look at the playoff game against the 49ers. Well, I, I, well, I will game, say this. You know? well, well, to Michael Parsons' defense, though, you gotta understand they give a lot of attention to Michael Parsons. He's probably getting doubled on every play. That's kind of like so. His impact is not directly like it don't translate like other people should be getting off. You get what I'm saying? Like if they're sending two people, if Michael Parsons is demanding two people every play, somebody else on that D line, somebody else on that linebacker course should be stepping up and making plays. So that's just because you you gotta leak somebody out there. But so I'm not gonna sit and say that like because I still think Michael Parsons has a big impact. Because if you, you oh, think yeah, about it, of course, if, if Parsons wasn't there. And it was just somebody else at linebacker. I the score might might have been worse. I'm just saying. But I'm gonna say this, right? Um, how many times we've seen other 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 defenders, other pass rushers get double teamed, and they still able to make plays? Now you consider to be one of the best in the game right now. You know what I'm saying? Possibly run run up for um defensive player of the year. Right. You know. So in big moments, you you are supposed to be able to get past these double teams. You know what I'm saying? And this not just this not, and I'm not just saying this because of the the game from Sunday. But if you look at the la- the game last year in the playoffs, and the year before that, you know, we did not hear Michael Parsons' name get mentioned. Not that I remember. I don't re- recall him having a sack in either game. You know what I'm saying? So, and it's not to throw no shade on him, but. You know, every time you know when you when we look at these games, we gonna you know they look at what's Dak doing. You know what I'm saying? But like I say, that that came through. You know what I'm saying? I, I ain't gonna say he came through, but that did his part. He did what he could do. He did what he could right. do. The defense right. got to step up. All right. So we gonna we gonna we gonna. I think we beat that that topic up enough. Let's say it went to another game. Uh, that was on there, and that was um. The Eagles and put this banner down real quick. So we got the Eagles. Let's talk about the Eagles game. Okay. So the Eagles and the Bucks. That game, you know. So what's your thoughts on that game? The Eagles and the Bucks. Man, the Bucks came to play. The Eagles did not. I don't know what's the the Eagles problem. And I, and I, and I guess you could say. Um, Partly because AJ Brown didn't play, that would have made a difference. But um, the Bucks was home. Bucks came to play, and um, like I said, we seen Baker Mayfield. We seen the side of Baker Mayfield that we see at times. But you know, you know, so you don't get that. You don't get that Baker Mayfield every every week, and you know right. that's the problem. But um, I would say last night he came to play though. You know that was that was a hell of a performance by the, by the Bucks. Um, Eagles, man. Oh man, it's I. I don't know what's they what what is their problem, man. I'm talking about it's like it's not 
ain't nothing clicking for them right now. I think they lost like um they lost seven games in a row, man. Yeah. Seven games, bro. I think and it was like um seven of the last eight or something like something like that. Seven of the last might have had a win somewhere in between. It went one in, I think it went one in like uh one in seven or something like that in the last eight games. Right. Then to have, you know, a, a, a loss to the Giants. Also, you know, prior coming into the playoffs and um to get blowed out by the Cowboys. You know, I, I say, you know, they kind of they they kind of much they they pretty much did what um Jaguars did had had a, a great first half in the second half. Um, you know they were just fortunate enough to make the playoffs. Right, they took they took, they took a dive backwards though. They took a bit dive backwards, man, and it was like I, it was an epic. It was an epic collapse, man. More so like um, and the Jaguars, you like game, you called that and too. I called that man. I told you, you that, that the. I know you said you you went with the Eagles. No, I went with yeah. I but you know when we was talking about the upset, I was saying that if I had to pick an upset, I would have picked. Uh, I was the Rams, the Rams, Rams versus the Lions, the Lions. But um, you called that one out. Yeah, you. I say damn. I, I said man, Joe called that one. I'm telling you, man, it was almost upset. But back to the Eagles game, man. It was just I look at Jacksonville and I look at the Eagles, man. Both of these teams were. I mean, if you look at the first 12 weeks of the season, <laughs> Jacksonville was eight and three. They was 10 and one. Both of these right. guys was like had the number one seeds in their division at that time. Right. And then you look at after week 12, both of these teams just they fell off the map, man. And right. then if you if you look in similar fashions, if you watched that game last night, I know you had to see it. It looked just like Jacksonville Jaguar defense. The missed tackles. Oh yeah. I mean it looked it looked bad. It even looked bad. Big plays like it's like they wouldn't even it, it looked it bad, man. Yeah. It looked it bad. And it made me just think about the Jacksonville Jaguars, how you know, I felt like both of these teams got too they, they got too big for their bridges to start feeling themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like right. well, shit, man, we already 10 and 1. Dog, we it's it's a cupcake. We got this, we got this, we got this. And, you know, a course of the year, man, people going to continue to play, man. Like, regardless of what you think, man, exactly. teams will, will continue to play. They're going to play you hard. And just because people ain't going to roll down just because you 10 and 1 or you 8 and 3. Oh, they're going to still – the game got to get played. And I mm-hmm. think both of them teams just got beside themselves. They got too comfortable. And then, you know, as the game start going on, the little small mistakes that they were making, they were winning games. Both teams was winning games with the mistakes. Think about it. The Jaguars was turning the ball over like a motherfucker, but we was winning games early. Right. Eagles was doing the same thing. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Both of those teams was was sloppy with the ball, and then late in the season when teams start to tighten up, it's like you can't turn the ball over like that. It's like the possessions, they they, they just it's just more greater – as the season go on, like you right. got to take care of the ball, man. And they didn't, and, man. And you brought up a great point, man, with the two teams like being sloppy with the football. And in spite of that, both teams w- were able to have success early in the season. And what happened is, you know, like, you know, a lot of times you get that first loss or whatnot. Teams start game plan. Okay, we know how to play y'all now. We know how to do this now, you know. And teams pay attention to this. 
And a lot of times, man, the season go on, man, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to afford to make these same mistakes. You know, it's a difference when you make these mistakes, but teams don't have you figured out. You're able to overcome these things because teams don't quite have you figured out yet, you know, or you're playing against the smaller teams or, or, or whatever the case may be. But, you know, when it get late in the season, especially when you're playing in the playoff, when you're playing playoff football, man, you know, and this is why they say defense wins championships because, I mean, slippers count. Slippers count, man, you know. And, and that's and, and and that's very important, man. Being able to take care of the football, man. Being able to, you know, avoid those type of mistakes, you know. If we you look back, man, like it, you know, in the history of the game, man, you have a lot of quarterbacks that that was game managers able to make it, you know, to the playoffs, make it to the to the big game and, and be successful because a lot of times they're not required to do as much. You know, and being a great game manager, you have to take care of the football, you know. Right. You know, a lot of times, you know, when you start seeing the multiple interceptions, a lot of times these come from, you know, your quarterbacks that we call, quote, unquote, your gunslingers, you know. Right. Your brain bars. Right. And, you know, like I say, man, and and getting into the playoffs, man, you you have to be able to take – that's very important, man, taking care of the football and – and and you know, although we was able to both teams was able to um win in spite of it cost both teams during the end of the season. And I'm gonna tell you something else too that's kind of funny about both of these teams that you ain't gonna forget. And I'm gonna uh, get to your uh, uh your question, Ben Moore, Benjamin Morris, my boy, my boy Ben. So um both teams look different after they played the 49ers. Think about it. And the 49ers <laughs> blow both of, our, both of us out. Both right. teams look different. I felt like teams looked at that 49ers tape and was like, you know what? This how you scheme to beat Jacksonville. This how Correct. you scheme to beat the Eagles. And neither one of these coaching staffs made the necessary adjustments with the little things, tighten up the little things with these with these players. And right. they just they, they it just fetched throughout the season, man. And I mean, I mean, both of them, man. But let me ask you a question. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna get the Ben question first. Then we're gonna What's ask up, Cuzzo? You see Reggie on, man. What's happening, Cuzzo? What's up, though, man? So Ben' question was that was coaching. The coaching was trash. Where were the offensive and defensive adjustments? I'm thinking he's talking about the uh, the Eagles game. Where the adjustments was at? Um, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it you know, wasn't a. It wasn't none. Yeah, it wasn't none. Neither game. You know what I'm saying? You yep. look even, at, even in the Cowboy now, game, wasn't no adjustments. In the Cowboy game, you could say it was offense adjustments because receivers figured out how to get open. They figured out how to get open. You know, the receivers open. You look at this, the first half of the game, receivers was wasn't getting open. You know, um, the throws that Dak was making was in, in in tight windows. You know, so you look at the, the the interception that was the pick six. You know, Dak tried to throw it in the tight window. So when you look at the um the second half, you know the off the, the the coordinator figured out how to get how to get the receivers in open space, but the defense adjustment it wasn't none at all. It wasn't yeah, none man. at all. And so yeah, man. And so when you look at both of those teams. Hey, though, hey, so when you look at both of those teams, man, it's like the 49ers was the blueprint. And if you look at if you can if you look at Jacksonville and Eagles. Like the last portion of the season, 
you can take concepts from that that 49ers game and people use like against the Browns. The Browns kept running like those uh those stretch plays to the to the outside. It's like for some reason, we could not stop the outside runs. Like our corners like couldn't tackle. And I think they knew that. These guys right. are not gonna tackle. So you know what I'm saying? We could just run them. We're gonna just be aggressive and physical to the outside. Well, and if you look at all corners, man, not to cut you, but if you look at all corners, man, you know, we had inexperienced corners, and they was required to play off the ball. You right. know, if you look at a, a lot of the plays, like, you know, a lot of times we got hit in between, um, corner, you know, all defenders playing off, playing back because they mm-hmm. was inexperienced. Right. And so that's one of the reasons you're going to see a lot of times, man, with on the outside that teams are even run through the outside, you know. A lot of times we was able to be success, successful up the middle because this is what we're playing for, you know. So that that's one of the reasons, you know, being, not being able to have corners to play press coverage. We didn't have we didn't have no corners able to play press coverage. Nah, man, they we got burnt. You see what? And then and then just like I said, if you look at both of these teams, so similar. The cornerback play was well. I felt like the cornerback play for the Jackson was a little bit better, but. Man, James Bradbury, boy, boy, they 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 got an APB out. You can't go nowhere in the city of Philadelphia, James Bradbury, boy. You played like trash the last six weeks of the season. Oh, I man. mean, everybody was roasting you. Everybody, uh-huh. man, my mama could come out there and catch on your ass, hey, man. Listen, boy, he know, boy, he's got, getting his ass roasted. Got dog on every got dog on. Um, he know he know the name every every got dog on receiver by last name because he had to chase every last one of them. I'm talking about, boy, he was, when I tell you, man, boy, uh, James Bradbury, he looked bad, bro. Like, Jack Bradbury, boy, they they looking for you, boy. You better not go nowhere in the city, boy. Right. I don't want it, but you better, man, it just, whoo. And you look at these teams, man, and it's just like, I feel like going into the offseason with these teams, they're gonna, they got to be like, wanna, they got to be on a revenge tour. Both of those teams should be on a revenge tour next right. year. Like, this ain't what it is. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Because just the way the season ended, if I had to pick one, I would probably say the Eagles probably was the worst epic was the epic meltdown. And here's why. Because I already know what you're thinking. Well, they made it to the playoffs, so at least they can talk. Nah, bro. <laughs> the way they played, bro, they could have stayed their ass home. Yeah, they could have did what, what the college co- playoff committee did to uh, Florida State. And said, right. hey man, we're gonna find somebody else to play in front of y'all. So they could have got them a head start at Cancun, man. For real, man. Like you just, I mean, I mean, you just don't, I mean, it's levels to this. Now, if it was another team, say like the Carolina Panthers, see, hell, Jacksonville Jaguars, us making it to the playoffs, that's a that's a that's an accomplishment. But a team mm-hmm. like Philadelphia that done been to the playoffs a lot of times, don't want a Super Bowl, bro. You, you yeah. should have set your ass off. Y'all should have stayed home, man. From, a year removed from the Super Bowl. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's just, man, it's a lot, bro. And I just think, you know, this Eagles, man, they, they made Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield definitely combat player of the year. If he don't get it, bro, and I feel like Todd Bowles have secured his job security because I felt like going into the beginning of this year, and we talked about this early on. We were talking about, yeah. That he was that that he was gonna be the fall guy if these guys didn't make the playoffs, or you know, because they gave him Baker Mayfield. But you know, Baker Mayfield, he came and he showed up and showed out this year, man. And I want to apologize to 
to all the Buck fans because I don't think me or Greg picked them to win the division yeah, this year. No, nah, I picked the Saints and you picked um you picked the Falcons. <laughs> I picked the Falcons and you picked the Saints. Oh man. While we apologize, I also gotta apologize to um Joy Love, man. I said this. I've been saying this last couple of years, man. I say, man, Joy, worst, Joy Love is probably going to go down. Oh, yeah, as the worst oh, yeah, you did. Pick, you know, as the worst pick in Green Bay in in draft history. You know, picking him while you had Aaron Rodgers was there, and and I know we we looking at everything, you know, hindsight and everything like that, there, but man. I think that man, I'm I'm slowly eating my words right now. Now, granted, yeah, in that like a motherfucker right now, boy. In that situation, you can take me back. In that situation, I still make the same move. I still pick a receiver over Jordan Love because I still got um Aaron Rodgers. But, but I tell you this though, but I will, I will, I will backtrack my comment. I will slow down. You know, on saying that that was the worst pick. You know, things of that nature. So you know, he's he's earning my respect. I, well, I would say this about Jordan Love, though, too. Jordan Love, you got to give him one more year in, at, at, at him at quarterback because you got in this year, you snuck in. You really didn't right. really like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you snuck into snuck the playoffs. In, yeah, yeah. So you got to get Jordan Love another year uh, and see what he can do it to him. If he, he gets better. He with a young year, team, though. He with a young team, yeah. And I, I didn't know that. Matt LaFleur had so many young guys. Like, all these yeah. I mean, them guys, like, they got a bunch of two um, rookies. They yeah, got like. Reed, I think this is first year. I know um, Romeo Dobbs. I think this is like his it's third or second year. Second or third year, yeah. Um, Christian Watson, second Christian year. Watson, like his second year, yeah. So yeah, you know, man, they, they, they got, got a lot of young boys, man. But you know, for Jordan Love, now this is his team, and if he can, like I said, I wasn't sold on Jordan Love. I thought, hey, maybe they might go with. I say, after how the start of the season, I was like, yeah, they're gonna be get them a quarterback because this ain't gonna be the guy. But this is why coaching is so important. And right. you know what I'm saying? Like, you have to have a good coach because guys like – and I hate to say it, man. That goddamn Washington Redskins 2013 staff roster, that, that coaching staff, man, it's probably the, the, the greatest coaching staff that was probably ever similar outside of that Andy Reid treat uh, of, like, Mike Holmgren. I'm about to say, yeah, you can't forget and, uh, about Mike John Holmgren. Gruden. Um, John yeah, Gruden. Back in, like, 96. That's what I'm saying. Outside yeah. of that coaching tree. Right outside that Mike Holmgren, Andy Reid coaching tree, like how they built, and you see all the coaches came from that. Right, you got to look at this watch. I think Herm Edwards was on that team, like, was on that coaching staff too. Who Herm Edwards? Herm Edwards, yeah, I think yeah, he I'm was too. Herm Edwards, all, yeah, they had a, they had a, they they had like probably one of the, probably the best. Um, they had one of the coaching staffs ever. Coaching staffs. You look at the coaches that came off that coaching staff: Andy Reid, right. uh, John Gruden. Um, there's a couple of them. I think Pat Sherman was on that. It's a lot of them. Pat a lot Sherman of them. Was Ray on, Rhodes yeah. from the Philip. Remember Ray Rhodes, the Eagles, oh, yeah. Philadelphia Eagles coach. They had a lot of guys on that coaching staff from Green Bay back in the day. But, Minnesota, yeah, yeah. So like, um, but when you look at this Redskin that that 13, 2013 coaching staff, bro, and you see what Matt Lafleur was been able to do with 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 Jordan Love. I mean, that says a lot about coaching because. A lot of coaches wouldn't be able to do that. I don't think no coach outside of maybe if they're probably like a quarterback coach could probably coach up Doug, coach up Jordan Love the way he did, the way he started the season, you know, it, until how he finished and how like the last, say, five, six weeks of the season, Jordan Love actually probably been a, a top five, top ten quarterback. 
So right. that just goes to coaching, man. And coaching is key. And Correct. I think, you know, just in this, and I'm kind of getting off schedule. And I've been, I've been on my coaching shit for the last week or so talking about coaches, but I just really feel like the NFL game is going towards younger coaches. Like oh, yeah. it's going towards younger coaches, man. You know, back in the day, it was like, you know, your average head coach was about in the fifties. You know what I'm saying? Maybe late forties, early fifties. Right. I feel like in the next five to ten years, your average head coach gonna be between the ages of thirty-five and forty, man. Oh yeah, you gotta think. Um, I think um, when when Sean McVay took over, I want to say like thirty-two or something like that. Yeah, man. Yeah, Sean McVay. I think Sean McVay is thirty-nine years old. Right. Um. So yeah, you know he's so he he up he, in there somewhere. And, and this man. when we found out about him because you got to think this around the time he was a head coach, coach, you know, in his right. early thirties, so or maybe mid mid to early thirties or whatnot. But for um, real, for real, man. So so my thing is this, man. What what do you think about um Bill Belichick? I mean, we just Belichick. talking about young young coaches and everything. Well, when we talking about coaches like that, Bill Belichick, I it was a report that came out. That Bill Belichick want to go to a, a, a challenging uh, coaching job, right? Um, and I, I look at it like this, man. Like Bill Belichick, you need to go ahead and hang it up, bro. Like if you gonna be like if you want to be around football or something like that, I think you'll be better in the front office, working in the front office capacity. Because I feel like coaching right now, the game has passed you by. Like the the generation, like you just too far. Re- too far from the the, the the players that are playing. Like, think about it. You like you got Ricky that's coming in. It's like 21, 22 years old. Bill Belichick, you in your seventies, bro. That's like a fifty year age gap. And not saying you got to be able to relate to him, but I just feel like if you're gonna get the most out of your players, there has to be some type of somewhat relatability to your players. They can connect to you some type of way. Whether and, and I don't think the players connect with him, bro. I just think that he just need to just. If you want to go somewhere like Atlanta and be like vice president of uh player operation and you can work with the general manager and the coach and y'all build a roster, I think right. that's more suited for him. But like him, like in the process of uh of coaching, I don't think he need to coach no more, man. And I think it's proof is in the pudding. Well, I, I I would say this. I would say this, right? Um the reason why you give a coach like Belichick a chance still because you have to look at um and it's not just his track record but you got it well yeah you look at his track record you like Bill Belichick I would say still is well respected and not just amongst um GMs but I would say amongst players as well you know I mean you 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 look at the success he had you know and and a lot of times you know people want to point to Tom Brady, Tom Brady, which, yeah, Tom Brady, like, yeah, he he did his thing while he was there. But you have to look at the success that he had with other players. You have to look at what he did um, with other quarterbacks that came in as well. Although, you know, later throughout the season, you know, it, you know he didn't really have no quarterback. You know, a lot of times, I think right now we're just looking at where he's at with his team as of right now, you know, and it, because we have to look at, like, Look at who he has at has at quarterback, you know. Now, coming 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 in, he was able to get what he could out of him, and it was the same when 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 um when Tom Brady first got there. You know, he was able to um 
he was able to have um some type of success coming in, you know. But the difference is Tom Brady got better and better each year, you know. Um, this guy he got not did not. To my Matt you know, Jones, he, Matt Jones took a step back, you know. Well, I'm gonna say first this, man. Look decent. Yeah, and that's and I'm glad you mentioned that because I want to talk about Matt Jones a little bit in regards to C.J. Stroud. But I will say this: it's gonna always be hard to replace somebody as good as Tom Brady, bro. Like you, yeah. you just think about the history of sports. You don't try to replace every time you replace greatness; it just ain't gonna work. Yeah, you don't but, try to replace him. That's what I'm you, saying. But you fans play. don't know that. See, me yeah. and you, we 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 sports heads, so we understand that. Hey. This guy, if y'all expecting what y'all going to get from Tom Brady, you're not going to get that. But yeah. I think a lot of fans in New England got wrapped up and was like, hey, man, well, um, we got Matt Jones. He played at Alabama. Woop, woop, woop. Bill Belichick and him and Nick Saban, they best friends and all this other shit. And they felt like he could come in there and do his thing. I don't know if you remember that first year. They was calling him Baby Goat. They was calling uh-huh. him Baby Goat the first year. Talking about uh, uh Matt. Matt Jones, right? They call him Baby Goat, and Correct. then, and then after you know the league caught up with him, the league, oh, we know how you play, motherfucker. We start game planning around your ass. He could never, he never adjusted his game. His game right. could never grow. And I think, exactly. and then I think that also too, um, a little bit of that had to do with the coaching staff. But I ain't gonna dive into that. But all I want to do is say is that his game never got better. Right, and, and but- I think. That's what happened. Cause you look, and, and it go back to a point I made a few weeks ago. You know, when you first come, when a when a quarterback first come in the league, a coach focuses on everything that they can do. You know, and 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 the things that they can't do, they try to correct. You know, and it, it go back to what I was saying with Mariota not being able to throw an out route correctly. You know, a lot of people don't even um probably won't even notice or whatnot, but um because. Tom Brady's looked at as being flawless, but Tom Brady had to correct some issues as well. You know, his problem was the seam route. And um, he was talking about how um one day in practice, he's it was a seam route, he throw, throw the ball, throw the interception in practice. And he was talking about how Bill Belichick chewed him out, was saying that um he said how Bill Belichick chewed him out. He said he brought up the statistics and everything, like Word for word, he say, man, he thought he brought out up the numbers and everything and chewed them out in practice. But the thing was, Tom Brady got better at that, you know. So, but but I say that to say this, you know, a lot of times coming in, players' flaws are 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 are, are covered up. You know, they cover up. We're not we're gonna keep you away from this, but players have to get better each year. You know, things that you that was your flow, you have to get better. And make these things your strong point, you know. But like I say, man, a, a coach like Tom Brady, man, I mean, like Bill Belichick, yeah, I got to give him a chance, man. Because, I mean, if we didn't have a coach in Jacksonville, I'd love to have him in Jacksonville. Because I think oh, some of these man, you players. You sound like some of these fans, no, man. No, I say if we didn't have a, if we did not have a coach in Jacksonville, <laughs> if we if, if we did not I'll have a coach. Say Ew. Yeah, that's the key. Key, yeah, okay, man. I, 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 I'm, I'm good with Doug. I'm good with Dougie I'm P. Good with Dougie P, man. man. I'm good with him. I'm good with you Dougie P, man. I'm real good with Dougie P. Right. 
But so, you don't bring a coach like Bill Belichick now to change everything up because the players has has gravitated to Doug P and his personality. And I don't know, hey, he's a good coach. That's what's up. So let's um let's um finish on the um now we're not gonna finish the um the, we're gonna still talk about playoffs. I'm just right. trying to get this to pop up real quick. But anyway, let's talk about the 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 Lions and the uh, Rams game. That that was the last game of the NFC games. Oh man, that was that was a great game. That 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 game lived. That game had the storyline, and not only that, it lived up to the hype. You know, that was probably like one of the best. You know, the the, the Houston and, and and um the Houston and um Cleveland game was good. This game had the storyline and it lived up to the hype, man. That was that was, that was a great game, man. You know that was that was one of those games you t- you anticipated because of the story, and when you watched it, the product was just as good as advertised. Absolutely. Um. So I thought that was a good game. I thought the uh at one point I did think that the I thought the Rams were gonna pull off the upset. I was like, man, they gonna pull it off, but you know the. The Lions hold on, man, and it was like I said, it was probably the best game of the of the week. Um, but you know, I ain't really too much in that game because I think the only thing that would concern me, and I'll talk about that when we get into the divisional round of the games. We talk about those games, yeah. So let's uh talk about the uh the Texans and the uh, Cleveland Brown game. You know that game. I know I had was. I know we both picked the Texans to win that game, right. but I don't think we expect the Texans to like win like in dominating fashion the way they did. I didn't. I, I you know they played good at home, man. You know because you know we're looking at like okay, man, the experience. So you know I'm looking at them uh, uh, one of the top defenses along with the experience that that Joe Flacco got. This is going to keep them in there. Mm-hmm. But you know, I just felt like, man, just at the house, man, Houston was going to come to play, man. You know, I just felt like they was, man. So that was the reason why I took them. You know, not not because of no statistics. It's just how I felt at the time. You know. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I took and I took them just because I just think they had the momentum going right, and I thought you know how they finished the season that you know that they would win this game. And another thing that was telling. And people always, I'm telling you, and you, we, and we might win them one. I don't think they'll lose because I think they're gonna learn from it. But I always tell people, watch how you play week 18, week 17, because <laughs> when you start resting players, right. people get out their rhythm, their momentum, and all that stuff like that. And then you go play in a, in a playoff game. Now it's a win or go home situation, and you right. and you and you're out of sync. I I strongly feel like the Cleveland Cap the Cleveland Browns uh offense was somewhere out of sync. Now, granted, they moved the ball at will when they had it, but Joe Flacco just a little bit off with his throws, and it just it just didn't look good. And it's you can see why um they they uh they lost the game. But the crazy thing about this, what people need to start realizing though, and people ain't ain't thinking about this, is that what the fuck they gonna do with Deshaun Watson? Because now you got Joe Flacco, you sign him for a one-year deal, $4 million. So basically, now you got two potential starting quarterbacks. Now, granted, this 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 is Deshaun Watson team. We paid him too much money. Oh, yeah. But if he come out playing like he played this year, I got to consider, like, man, if, if I'm going <laughs> to move off of this guy, dog. I mean, somebody going to take him, you know what I'm saying? 
I don't know, bro. You you got to think about that. That's that's one of those situations, man. You pretty much stuck with, man. You talk, you know. I look at this situation, you know, and not comparing it talent wise, but I look at this situation like um with Chicago Bulls and, and Carlos Bulls of some years back, you know. And I was and you know I was watching like, well, damn, when they gonna get rid of this guy, man? Like because every year he hurt, you know. I think one year mm-hmm. he tripped on the kid train track or something. And got hurt, you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> hey, really? his kids <laughs> tore us out the Christmas and got hurt of some jump. Whatever the case, I'm just I'm just talking trash though. But um, he stayed hurt though, you know. And you know, towards the end of his contract year, when his next contract, he started being the player that the Bulls brought him over to be. But um, I say that say this man, that's pretty much one of those situations that Cleveland. Cleveland is stuck with, man. You know, you got a, a fully guaranteed contract. And I'm not mad at Deshaun Watson. You know, I'm a big fan of get, get your money. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, man, we, we want to see you produce as well. You know, I've been a fan since Deshaun Watson, since Clemson. You know, I didn't enjoy losing to him, but I was a fan of him. You know, shout out to Florida State. But, you know, I was a fan of him. And when he came out in the draft, I didn't want Leonard Fournette. I wanted to get Deshaun Watson, you know. I felt like he was the best quarterback coming out. I didn't really know too much about Pat Mahomes, but that's who I wanted. So I'm rooting for him to do better. I'm glad he's not with Houston playing good as he was, but well, they got what? And that's a whole other story, though. But um, yeah, though, man. I um, I say, man, I um, yeah, I I, I want to see, I want to see him be able to um come up out that slump, though, man. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to come up out the slump, bro. I really don't, man. It's, I don't think he's coming out. And the only reason why I say it, and he ain't no hating, but it's yeah. just more so like you got to look at the reality of it, bro. Right. He sat out one year. Then he got suspended the suspension year. He only played, yeah. what, five, six games. Came back last year. Got hurt. Right. You know what I'm saying? Then you come back this year. You you you, you know, when you come back this year, you get hurt. You out for the season. So it's like you done been with Cleveland two years now. And you ain't really did shit. So it's like now the clock is racing because you had a, a guy in Joe Flacco that looked better than you in the offense. Let's keep it a band. Yeah, that's why yeah. I say the offense looked way better with Joe Flacco than he did. So that's why I say Cleveland got to make a decision like, bro, is this going to be the dude? Because if we can, you know what I'm saying? It's always going to be somebody that's going to feel like they can do something with a quarterback. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. And I even think that with that. But I think with these two contracts, it's just the money. But I think that, you know, if somebody get desperate enough and feel like they a quarterback away, you deal that motherfucker, Deshaun Watson, if he not the guy, man. You get him away and, 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 and go from there. Nah. But I just think that, you know, the Cleveland Browns, they really got some things they got to figure out, though, man. I, move, I think move, that, move you know, like, let me see, you know, it probably like as 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 years go on, it's it's more easy to to deal Deshaun because I mean he played what two years on his contract as of right now, right? Right. And what he uh, had like a four year contract? He had a four four year two hundred million dollar contract guaranteed, yeah, two hundred thirty yeah, so, million something like that guaranteed. But so he like you, he, but you, every year is he getting money, right? So like you know if he. Like he, it's gonna be a big cap hit next year. So if they pick, you know what I'm saying? If he's on the roster after I think April, May, you know he's gonna get that fully guaranteed. You get what I'm saying? Now right. if he was to get cut, he's still gonna get fully guaranteed. But you oh, know, yeah. you know the team will work something where he they gonna work something if they if he get cut 
they're gonna work a deal, man. They're right. not gonna get with me fully guarantee. I can I can I can promise you that. Oh no, nah, they're gonna have to pay them that. Rather they pay them off time, like you know, you know, like little small, little you know, little something here, little something there. They're gonna have to pay them that. Yeah, yeah, I think um, they'll work a deal though, man. If 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 it don't work out for uh Deshaun Watson, man, sure, I think he'll work a deal with the team, man. Now mm-hmm. he might try to fight it, but that's some it's gonna be something in them causes, man. They gonna what, find something. What we gonna work at? Only thing gonna find work out. You finna did an unauthorized massage outside facility or some shit. Something gonna come up. Nigga must be finna. Nigga must be finna do do him like they doing did it right now, man. You know what I'm saying? That what they must be finna talk about. They called him at one of them did it parties or something. For real, man. They, but they, they get out that guaranteed contract. But other than that, yeah, they man, listen, man, pay me my money, man, straight up. Yeah, yeah. You ain't throw it to pay me my money, man. Yeah. You were hurt all. Pay me my money. I, we not. Hey, pay me my money. Yeah. Fully guaranteed. But I do think. Um, I do think that you know this the Cleveland Brown team, you know, for what they went through this year with the injuries, man, they had a good season, man, and they, they can you can tip your hat on that. That I mean, you would, you, you was gonna go get so far with a backup. Everybody gonna have that Cardell Jones, Nick right. Foles ending. You get what I'm saying as a backup. That only happened every far and few in between. So I knew at some point in the playoffs they was gonna get beat. Unfortunately, I didn't think it would be. This week, but I think we both kind of knew they was going home one and done. Oh, yeah. So let's talk about the one game I think that you knew we both we both agreed that what they was gonna uh they was gonna lose was that Dolphins Chiefs game, man. And the 40 not for the Bills. I think the Bills and the Chiefs, those we knew both of those games who was gonna win and lose those games. You said that they're I said the Dolphins was gonna oh uh, you did, yeah, you did win. say that. I said yeah. the Dolphins gonna win, but you said the Chiefs was gonna win. They did, and I think we both was 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 conceded that yeah, the Bills was gonna beat the Steelers. Yeah, that was a no-brainer. That was no brainer right there, and they and they went and took care of business like they're supposed to. But um, I think man, the Dolphins man, what 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 disappointed me is man is it's the same question we got with Dak. It's what you gonna do with Tua? Man, listen, uh, I'm not even finna put Dak and Tua in the same breath, man. Why you um, say that? Because, man, Dak is a better quarterback. You think you know Dak is a better quarterback than Tua? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Dak is a better quarterback than Tua. Tua have too many moments. Tua a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong. Now, Tua's a good quarterback. But um, I, I like Dak got more experience. Like, and, and a lot of times, too, man, you know, Tua have to go through some of those same learning curves that that Dak went through, and it's the same with some of these other quarterbacks. And but like I say, man, I think that um, and and it's not you know like I say, man, that can change. Tua can get better. You feel what I'm saying? But I just I just think Dak is a better is a better quarterback. All right, you know, I think uh, I think Tua is a better. I'm gonna say Tua a better quarterback than Dak. I gotta go against you, man, on that because I feel like Tua, you know, he got a coach that believe in him now. Mike McDaniel's believe in him. And we're seeing the best version of Tua. When he was with Brian Forrest, Brian Forrest ain't want to draft him. He wanted Herbert. That was mm-hmm. that was been tell known that he wanted Herbert. But I just think that when you look at what Tua was able to do this year, um, and just look at his progression, I think it's something you can tip your hat on and say, all right, you know, 
you know, some positive. It's some positive you can take from this year. And I was talking about this early on the live screen. Come out from tour. Yeah, it's some positives. He stayed healthy the whole year. That's a well, big positive. I, I mean, you can have positives, but that don't mean you're the better quarterback. I mean, it, it's positive to take out of the Cowboy season. But <laughs> I mean, you just saying just that, like, I mean, yeah, he stayed healthy the whole season. But I'm just saying, man. Like, okay, look at this. Look, hear me out, though, cuz. Right. All right. So when you look, when you think about tour, right? Last year and the year before, it was it was always his injury. It was he injury prone, right? This right. was the first year that he stayed healthy the whole year. So now you, you as a coach, you kind of know, like, okay, how I know how to play. I, I can play with Tua now. I know how to, you know what I'm saying, keep him upright for a whole season. Now I feel like you can build upon that. This was, And people forget, this Tua first playoff game. This is what? first playoff game. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, he was hurt last year when they went to the playoffs. They played with a backup. So well, I, I felt they had something to build with him after last season, you know. So yeah, I, he did. I, you know, I felt like they had something, you know. He, and he was hurt, but um, I think, man, and, and I think, man, you when we look at um, we look at the Dolphins, man. When you look at the numbers, I think that um, Josh McDaniels and and and, and um, Mike McDaniels. Mike McDaniels and, and, and Tyree Hill is a big part of that because can't nobody guard um Tyree Hill. And I think that's a big part of it. I'm talking about you you got a Lamborghini out there, just you know, just start him up and throw the ball to him. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, boy, fast, man. And but you got Jalen Wall on the other side too. Correct. Got track speed. Right, you got exactly. Some track stars out there, man. Exactly. It's a lot of speed out there. You know what I'm saying? So you know when so, when somebody get open, all you got to do is throw throw the ball. Tua have a lot of these where um um what they call them um WTF moments. Yeah, you know he have a lot of those moments. Like you know it's it's kind of like when Jameis Winston first came, which I think Jameis Winston is 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 a little more accurate than him. But it's kind of like when Jameis Winston come, you like man, Jameis, why you throw that? Tua have these moments. You know what I'm saying? And it's not just a bad throw. It's just like, what was you thinking about type throw? You know what I'm saying? Right, right. So he have two, he have a lot of these type moments. You know, for his dad Prescott, he have like, dang, that that's a bad throw you just throw. I understand why you throw it, but that's a bad throw. You know? Right, right. And so that's really my biggest issue with Tua. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a, a very decent quarterback. You know what right. I'm saying? But I just have to give the edge to Dak, and I think it's more so because experience. Dak been in the league longer, yep. you know. So it's a lot of times experience causes players to be be better, you know. All right, that's what's yeah, I agree. So we're gonna speed this pro the show up a little bit. We already ran it already in time. We've been talking about a lot of playoff ball, man. We're gonna finish up with playoff, but before we finish the show, we're gonna take a little quick pause, and we're gonna give a shout out to our. Our uh, lovely sponsor, Doobie. Doobie.gg is energy drink online, uh, killing the game. And it's way cheaper than the other energy drinks that you buy from the store. If you go with the link in the description, 10% off, uh, use that link. You can buy on your first order. Man, they got some great cup flavors. You know, I drink it. Man, you Lurk. still ain't something mine yet. 
Yeah, I gotta see yours, man. I posted. Matter of fact, I forgot to get it when I was over there, man. Yeah, man. Matter of fact, I'm gonna give it to you next time I'm here, man. I'm gonna make sure that I next time I'm in Jacksonville, I'll make sure I bring it. You gotta remind me, man. So I'll definitely uh bring that uh your your uh starter kit and uh your, go to doobie.gg, man. Check them out, man. Um, so let's roll right into the rest of the uh into the playoffs. We got one more game to talk about. Well, I think we talked about the um. I don't think we really need to talk about that 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 Pittsburgh. I mean that in, in uh Bills game because I think we kind of know how that game went. You get what I'm saying? Oh yeah. You know, so we know what Josh Allen was gonna do and everything like that. So we're gonna go into the divisional round and we're just gonna give our predictions for the divisional round. Um, so up on on the screen here, these are the games for the divisional round right now. Um, so who you got? Oh man, I got I got Baltimore over um over Houston. Mm-hmm. I got Buffalo over KC. I got San Fran over Green Bay. And I think I'm gonna um go with Detroit over the Bucks. You know, I can't say I see no upset this week. Well, I do see I do see an upset. I do. Whatever. I do think the Ravens are gonna win. I think you was right on that one, man. I think the Ravens uh take care of business and I think in the, the AFC championship game is gonna be the Bills and the Ravens. I like I like that matchup. That's gonna be a great game. You got the Bills. Um you know they playing they, they playing the best football in foot league right now. Outside say, man, of the 49ers, I, they playing the best. I think the Bills man make it to the Super Bowl this year. I I, I, I think so too. I think this is really a chance right here. I think this is a chance. chance with Bills, you know Think Bills Mafia man got a chance to get it done, man. I think them and San Fran would be a great matchup. Bills versus yeah. San Fran would be a great matchup. Yeah. Now another now another team. Um, I, I finished my picks. I like uh the 49ers. I think the 49ers rolling right now. But my upset my upset pick of the week. I'm going with them Bucks, but I Bro. I like the Bucks, <laughs> man. I like the Bucks, man. I think the Bucks gonna do it, bro. No reason. Hear, hear me out here, though, bro. I'm listening. Hear me out here. If you look at the way Todd Bowles had that defense ready last night, if they can play in like watching, and this is why I want to pick back up when I was talking about division round. Detroit Lions got eight up, and they Matthew Scaffold picked them apart. Only thing that saved them was they they couldn't run the ball. The Rams couldn't really run the ball, so they was one-dimensional. But right. I think if Baker Mayfield can play like he played last night, man, bro, they're back in the NFC Championship game. I think I, I like I like Bucks 49ers NFC Championship game. I think, you know, 49ers, like you said, 49ers Bills, Super Bowl. That's what I'm that's what I'm rolling with. All right. Yeah, I so think, man, if I if I had to pick up set, man, I probably would say it probably would be the Bucks. Bucks. But but that's only if we see the same Baker Mayfield that we seen in the last <laughs> game. Because yeah. we know how May, Mayfield can be like Jekyll and Hyde. He could be yeah, like man. Jekyll and Hyde. So if if we see, you know, I, and he, it don't even much have to be that impressive, just slightly what we seen against the Eagles, man. Yeah, because you had that. some Buck fans that was like that. So, you no, know, I called old boy, man, who we went to the tailgate with. We was talking about the game yesterday, uh, today. Right. And so he was like, man, I wasn't going to pay no tickets to that game because he played like trash the last two weeks. We only scored nine. I'm like, man, 
And you see what he did. So Seeing what he I did. Get what you're saying that Jekyll and Hyde, you know, some right. so some of their fans see it too. Right. I mean, you know I mean, if if I was a Bucks fan, if I was a Bucks fan, which I, I'm certainly not, uh, I would have I would have still had to go. I mean, we here wasn't expected to be that. I'd have had to go. But damn, that that was going against Philly though, man. Like, you know, I pretty much thought Philly was going like just like. You know how they weigh with them, man, and it didn't happen. Mm-mm, man, I, I mean, I seen that when the way Eagles been playing the last part of the season, I was like, man, they gonna lose this game. Then Jalen Hurts was had a messed up thumb. Then when I seen AJ Brown, I post, I said, oh, the Eagles, Eagles going home. I caught that on Saturday. When I seen that report come out on Saturday, I saw they going home. I right. said it then, and I knew it. Mm. But we are gonna move on to some NBA talk real quick. No, actually. Let's go and hop into this because we we gonna get hopping heavy. We gonna stay. We gonna keep it going tonight. And this is one of the big topics that came out. I put a list out here. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up here, and uh, it's going off on my phone right now. Matter of fact, it's going off on my phone right now. Right here, we pulled this list up. I'm not sure if you can see it. People, everybody can see it. Hold up. You, it won't See go to this. that? It won't go to the um. I ain't loaded, man. I ain't get oh, a chance man. to load it. So this list right here, the top 10 list of uh coach of uh of uh coaches. And I'm gonna read the list off. They had it number one, Kirby Smart, two Jim Hartball, three Brian Kelly, four Kalen DeBoer, five Dabble Sweeney, six Ryan Day. Seven, Steve Starkeesian, eight, Mike Novell, nine, Lane Kiffin, and ten, Dan Lanning. Now, man, this has been getting a lot of comments in my comment section about who is the top ten coaches. Right. And by landslide, a lot of people feel like that Brian Kelly shouldn't be a top three coach. I mean, a lot of people like, what has he done? And, you know, I got to remind people. Brian Kelly is the most winningest coach in Notre Dame history. Right. So I get with a lot of people, you know, getting that and they like, he shouldn't be up there. I don't think he's top five myself either, but I do think he's a good coach. And I think he deserves to be on this list. I think he's a good coach. You know, I think he's a decent recruiter, but this is my thing. You know, um, I think that, you know, him being that, um, I think that by him being at, at the places he's been in caused him to, you know, I think that, you know, that caused him to um be put in high regards over these other coaches. Like when you see like coaches like Dan Landon, you know, and so on and so on, you know, you know, they probably had him over Mike Norvell, you know. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I always look at is what coaches able to accomplish you know what I'm saying? Like, be able to get a lot out with less. You know, it's mm-hmm. easy to, it's easier for a coach to be able to um have a big accomplishment when you're loaded with talent. Mm-hmm. I mean, we look at um a prime example. We look at Barry Switzer, you know, team loaded with talent. He was able to make the Super Bowl in spite of um some of the mishaps that season. Right. You know, so... That's that's one of the things I, I I I look at though. You know what I'm saying with like you know because you look at at Notre Dame. I mean Notre Dame, 
Notre Dame going to keep talent. You know, right. they have to have a real, real down year because they're going to keep talent. Um, Absolutely. Ain't Notre like, Dame. The brand like, is itself. Exactly. Like schools like, like LSU, you know, sometimes they can have like a little period where they can fall, but they're going to have some type of talent that's going to have them at least like on a down year, LSU will be in the top 25, and that's a down year. They would still be in the top 25, you know. So, so basically what, you, what you're trying to say about this list is the coaches that should be – they should be rated on ability to coach based correct. on not being able ability to recruit talent. Right. right. Not, not just – you know what I'm saying? Like a lot, You can look at wins and losses, but at the same time, you have to look at what these players have over there as well. Like, you know – like, like now we can look at Nick Saban, and but Nick Saban was was consistent with what he had, right? You know, recruiting and also putting players in the league. You know, same with Kirby Smart, and then you look at a coach like Jimbo, which not throwing no shade saying that he was a bad coach, but Jimbo had a lot of talent over there. But yeah, he was a hell of Jimbo, a recruiter. Too. He, he was a, a hell of a recruiter. Hell of one of the best in the nation, but he wasn't able to get the most out of the kids that he recruit, you right. know, and 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 it shows. You know, you look at it. You know, during the end of his time at Florida State, um, we look at his time at um Texas A and M. You know, he had years where he had the top recruiting class, but it, but it didn't it didn't it didn't show up on the field. It just showed on paper, but it it didn't show on the field, right. So I and you know that's why and that's one of the things I look at you know that's why you know like we was talking earlier man like coaches like Dan Lanning man I, I give a lot of props to you know coaches like that even though you know he wasn't able to 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 play for a natty this year but I mean I still give him props this season for what he was able to accomplish absolutely I think you know um when you look at this list um these guys that they got on there man I think the list is 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 accurate. Um, people might not think that, like I said again, a lot of people gonna not they're not gonna think that Brian Kelly don't supposed to be on there, but I think he deserved to be on a guy oh, that I feel 10? like they, top ten. They got him top three. I, I don't think he's a top ten. Coach. I, he's in the top ten definitely. Yeah. He's a top ten coach, but I feel like a coach that got snubbed. And when you talk about what you just embody and what you just talked about, is coaches doing less, but achieving a lot more on the field. Is your boy Eli Drinkwine out of Missouri? I think Drinkwitz, uh, what he's doing up at Missouri right now, he's built a good team over the last couple of years. I mean, this, this team has been getting better and better and better every year. So I think Drinkwitz should have been on there uh, as one of the top ten coaches. If not, he should at least been an. I, I would at least put him honorable mention only because he had he had a ten win season this year. Um, let's see what he do this year, and I think if he if he can follow this up. With this year, another 9-10 winning season, then you got to put this guy in the category as an up-and-coming coach because, you know, a lot of people don't watch Missouri. I've watched this team last year, and i just seen how this guy, this team play and how – and it's just like night and day, man. Like, you know, from previous Missouri teams, this, this team is physical, and they play like – they from the South, man. Like, you know, they, they bring that physicality every every weekend, man. And we seen what they did against Florida. So it's just, you know, I just think that guy is an up-and-coming coach. Like, don't sleep on him. 
uh, up in the college football ranks was Eli Drinkwitz. I think that's a guy that, that got snubbed off the list. Um, I think a guy that they they raked, raked a little bit too high was your, your new Alabama new coach. That's I think Alabama that came, from, coach, came, that came from Washington. Uh, the the border, whatever his name yeah, is, the board man. I think that you know he got a lot of wins because he got he come from like D two and shit, D three schools. So he's like 104. His record is 104, and he only got 12 losses. I'm like he about to take a bunch of losses in the SEC, um, because you're seeing what's been happening lately. A lot of guys, we've been getting a lot of these guys. A lot of guys we come oh, yeah. to Florida State. We got like by f- I think we got like five of them, man. Yeah. And so you you asking this guy to come to the SEC from the Pac-12? Now don't great don't get me wrong. Alabama is a great uh, organization. They're gonna they got a lot of resources there. The boosters gonna take care of them. But again, we know how this game go. It's all about wins and losses. Can you come and and be an instant winner? And right. that's what they're asking him to do. And I just think that. When you look at Mike Norvell, salute to Mike Norvell. He got that big extension. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Ten mil a year. He turned it down because he's like, I'm building something at Florida State. Dan Lanning turned it down. I'm building something at Oregon. Steve right. Sarkeesian turned that job down because I'm building something at uh at Texas. Like, why would I want to put all that pressure on me? And we talked about this earlier in the show about following up greatness. Right. It's hard to follow up greatness, man. And I think. Especially in college. In college, oh hell, man! I mean, look, NFL. Think about this. NFL is it's it's a chance. I mean, like you know, I, I'm not looking for nobody to follow up behind um behind Bill Belichick, but I mean, you you know, it, you can follow up behind a good coach that can't. You know what I'm saying? But like in college, you got to think the type of legacy that that these coaches leave behind in college. Like you know, coaches leave behind a greater legacy in college than coaches doing the NFL. It took. Because you actually grooming talent and taking them to the next level. You know, you talking right. about like, like, come on, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? You, especially in the South, especially in the South, man. I agree, man. I think this too, bro. Like when you look at um the coaches that they put on this list, man, uh, all these coaches have uh, coached in big games. All the coaches have, um, they X and O's guys, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, all these guys fairly can recruit well, you know what I'm saying? So right. that's why I didn't have a problem with the list, but I know a lot of people that's in the comment section, the biggest names was um, they thought Brian Kelly was too high. They thought, let me see what else. Well, they I, thought, I would um, say, man, Brian Kelly actually underperform, underperformed this year, man. That's, that's oh, he absolutely achieved this He season. underperformed like a mug, man. Eric, and, 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 and he got to know that, bro. If he don't think he underperformed this year, man, man, I don't know, man. He he is, yeah. Um, another person that they thought was too high too was uh Ryan Day. They thought Ryan Day was up a little bit too high. They thought, at least thought Mike Novell should have been higher than Ryan Day and Brian Kelly. And the reason why a lot of these guys now I was in a Florida State group, so it's a little biased, <coughs> but they was like. Well, Mike Novell beat Brian Kelly twice already, so how is he higher than him? But people don't realize Brian Kelly was at Notre Dame first, man. He won a lot of games at Notre Dame. And by the way, he was already in the college football playoff with right. Notre he, Dame at one year. Pretty much built the track record. Yeah, he built pretty much a track record. So I, You know what I'm saying? He got a track record. You know what I'm saying? Um, 
you know, uh, I you can make an argument for both sides, though. You can make a case for both, both, um, for both coaches, though. Right. Um. Yeah, man. So another person that I thought that I thought they given a little bit too much credit for, and I think he should have been at the bottom. I thought Dan Lanning should have been a lot higher. Was Lane Kiffin? Because Lane, Lane Kiffin, Kiffin. Let's, 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 I mean, you know, his track record has been kind of shaky. You know, when he first started coaching. You know, when he was at USC, trash. Tennessee, trash. Um, NFL. Texas, Texas, trash, too, because he was at Texas at one point, too. Yeah. So, like, he was, he, was NFL too. he was trash. Right. And then it wasn't until he got with Nick Saban. I guess Nick Saban had to kind of groom him in the coaching. And now since he's left Nick Saban, he's went to Ole Miss, and he's kind of been turning the program around. But, I mean, the, the, the for me – the, the, the I'm still the rule is still out on him because he got to show me he got to win he got at least like win win at least ten games consistently with Ole Miss back to back seasons and then we'll talk you know what I'm saying because right now it's like you win you had a good a pretty good season this year let's see if they regress you know what I'm saying so you know what I'm saying you got any more thoughts on the top ten coaches Greg No, nah, I ain't got no all right. So let's move over to um we're gonna move over to NBA talk and we're gonna talk about some of these big trade moves that came out over the uh last couple of days. Um the reports are that um you got Markel folks might be on the trade block for the Orlando Magic, and then you have Pascal Siakam that might be going to Golden State. And I just read something earlier today that's saying that. They're uh they're they're Toronto and Pascal Siakam are very close to parting ways. So let's look like that move is that's probably most likely is going to happen. Then Devontae Murray may get traded to the Lakers. They look like they're the the front runners for um Devontae Murray. So what are your thoughts of those three trades? Who you think will be staying? Who will be going? Um, when I look at the okay, starting with the first one you brought up. With um Markel folks, like, what can we get out of him? You know, I mean, you know, when he's on the court, I think he's a good basketball player. But we know that he have a history of um being injury prone. You know, even starting, you know, when he started, came in, I I want to say it was the number one overall pick or like yep with the Philadelphia 76s, correct. And so um I don't even think he really played his first two seasons. So we was pretty much able to get him on a discount coming to Orlando. And um and that's that's the biggest question. Like, what do you trade? What do you get in return for him? Now, granted, we have been playing excellent without him. You know, we look at um the point guard that we just got on um, Anthony Black. Anthony Black. So we've been playing good without him, but I think that Markel Folks is a better player than Anthony Black. I mean it's I think, yeah, I think he is a better player than Black. He's well more developed, right? But I think what Orlando Magic is doing, I think, they, I think they're going to move on from Markel because you got to play from Anthony Black. Jalen right. Slug's been playing good this season. Cole right. Anthony, he's doing what he do, right? Um, so, you know what I'm saying? So you got a lot of guards. You're going to have to make a decision on a guard at some point. Right. Anyway. It definitely makes sense, though. So it makes sense to move on from Markel while his his value is still high. You know what I'm saying? You can get something right. for him. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I agree though, Markel Folks probably most likely on the move. Um, 
But the Pastel Siakam trade, that's what's going to be key. Because what do Golden State give up if they go get Pascal Siakam? Who do you think they give up? Um, I think Pascal, I think they would give up um but damn. Because You think they'll give up Draymond? I that would be crazy. I uh if for them to give up him. Because they that's what that's pretty it. much what that's pretty much what you're looking at. You know. And I think that move would be crazy for both teams because I mean, you put Draymond. Draymond is pretty much like having a, a point guard at the at, at the um, you know, at the forward spot. Mm-hmm. And, point four. and right, and it's the same with Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes is a point four, you know, coming at the three. So you have you have two ball handlers coming down with the ball or whatnot. So it's kind of like you know, you you put two two players enough. You're gonna put one of these players in unfamiliar ter- territory. And then for us, like with Golden State, I mean, you really don't have a point guard out there, you know. I mean, let's be honest, like Steph is more of a, a, a shooting guard than a, than a than a point guard. All right. So you take away the so now it's like, well, I well, I guess Chris Paul, but he's coming off the bench. So I mean that move pretty much like if you're trading Draymond for him, that move don't really make a lot of sense to me, you know what I'm saying? But you do have a, a, a somebody that can score more points. Yeah, you're right. I would say this. Um, the move don't make sense, but if I think that if they was to move and get Pascal Siakam, I think they get rid of either Jonathan Kaminga or they get rid of uh, Moses Moody. I think right. one of those guys will be packaged in that trade deal because there's already been reports that I think uh Clamingo, one of them boys either Mo- I think it's Moody or Cam- one of them two one of them already said and I think I was telling you about it about they they felt like Steve Kirk can't develop them right. so I think that that um in the long run um that he that one of them get dealt in that trade if they do if they do decide to uh push the uh button on Siakam but I don't think this trade make Golden State better I just think that Golden State now they're not they're not the team to beat in the West no more. I hate to I, say it, like they're chasing the, up now, man. Them young boys got them now, man. Them young boys right. taking over the West. I think the biggest problem, man, you have to look at two things. And I always I pointed out this like um some months ago that you have other teams that's getting better, right? And not only that, you're not getting the same you're not getting the same productivity off your bench that you once was getting, you know. I mean, you had players like, man, just players you was putting in, like Felix Barboza come in, um, Iguodala, Sean Livingston. These players were just – Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, yep. Right. These players were just coming off the bench, man, just lighting it up. You know, you don't still have that. You know, so you had times where you didn't need Draymond to put up 20 points. You know, Long as you had Clay and Steph there, they could, you know, they can put up what they put. But you had a bench that was putting up points still, so you didn't right. need you didn't need your top guys to put up thirty points every night, which they was well able to, you know what I'm saying? But you didn't need it. So, they and I think need. that that and so I think that 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 is what you have to look at because this this was a team that had um players that they drafted that you felt like they was going to be a contributor to this team like just being in the role like right when you think about like we're just talking about Jonathan Kamiga 
um um what's the kid that came from Memphis that was um that that was on the Penny Hardaway? Uh, you talking about Wiseman? Wiseman, yeah, him. You know he showed flashes, but you know it, it evaporated. And so, you know, you had players like that that we thought that that was going to come in and just like, okay, these guys are going to come in and, and they're going to be the dudes. They're going to be able to contribute to the team and Golden State, we're going to continue to be able to be the Golden State that we've been watching for the last past um, five, six, seven years or whatnot. But we haven't been saying that. No, we haven't. Um, I just think also, too, man, when you just look in the West, man, you know, it's it's just like it's just a changing of the guard. And you just starting to see a lot of these guys, these these teams that's been dominating the West, the Lakers, the uh where well, the Lakers ain't really been dominating last, but they've had a little spurts and moments. But the Golden right. State Warriors, mainly that's been the team that's been dominating the Western Conference. I just think now, man, they looking up now. And then even if they get Pascal Siakam, I mean what that make them like maybe they get to label the sixth seed. But they got to go on a run right now, man, because they like five games on a 500 right now, man. Yeah, they, they will. Lakers as well is on game right now. I think right now the Lakers is 20 and 21. So I'm not sure if this Deontay Murray signing is going to even get them. Maybe maybe they go on a run like they did last year once they had went to trade that down. Oh, you're talking about the Lakers, yeah. They, yeah, Lakers might go on a run. They did it last year. Oh, you yeah. You know? So, but I think this is – uh. I got two more. Well, we can roll, we can do we can go into arrivals and departures, man. All right. So, um, what's your arrivals and departures for this week? All right. Well, we starting off with departures. Let's go with uh, let's go with departures. Oh, departures, man. Um, none other than um the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. You know what I'm saying it's no question. <laughs> I mean, you look at the performance that they put up. They came in well prepared. They was. They was the um they was consensus favorite, but didn't show up. You know, this was a team that, well, I'm I'm not gonna say most, but I'm gonna say most cow, you know, you if you're a cowboy fan, like, okay, yeah, we got a shot, you know, Super Bowl bind. Well, that's that's every year. But um I at least thought this team was um very capable of making the NFC championship. Yeah. You know, yeah. but it, it didn't happen. So I got it, they're going to be my departure for this week. Okay. My departure for this week is I got it wrote down here. Let me look for it. Oh, Deshaun Watson. Um, so make a break year for him coming up, man, because of the simple fact that, hey, you know, um, you see what Joe Flacco did, and now that everybody's looking at you, you hey man, make a break. You're gonna have to you got to step up this year, like. I think if you don't get it done this year in the Cleveland Browns uh, uniform, they're gonna get, they're gonna try to get up off you, man. And they're gonna find a way not to give you that guaranteed money. Trust me. I know you saying they're gonna give them the money, but trust me, they're gonna find a way to get out that guarantee. Yeah, listen, money. Bro, man, unless they can bring one of them diddy cases on them, man, they finna they gonna pay the Sean Watson, <laughs> man. They get, they ain't got no choice. Uh, you man. Listen now, before we get into our rivals, though, I guess this will go right into our rivals as well. And it's one of the questions I want to ask you. We can keep it quick. Right. Which Ricky did better? CJ Scrout or Pachula, the boy from the Rams? Which one would you go with? Who had the better Ooh, performance? This listen. Now, the only reason, and, and I'm going to say this, right, because um, 
But Chua did his thing. That boy played mm-hmm. like a monster. The only reason why, you know, you go with CJ because he's a quarterback. You nope. know, it's obvious it's the, it's the hardest position in football, but right. Man, listen, but that ain't that ain't no knock on um Pachula though, man. That boy that did his thing, man. Like that boy that boy was a beast out there, man. Yeah, man. He said he was running motherfuckers. I mean, yeah. he, he hard to get down. Like yeah. you can't get him down. Like if you go with that arm tackling shit, it's a wrap. He gonna run through that shit. You yeah. gotta get you gotta you gotta wrap up, you gotta fundamentally tackle his ass, cause if you don't. He ran through them arm tackles. Yeah, that boy, that mon- that boy, that played yeah, like a monster, bro. Man, it's, I'm excited to see what he do next year. Cooper Cup and oh, him, yeah. man, they're gonna be. Oh, that, man. That's gonna be yeah. Rams might be a team you look out for next year, man. For real, <laughs> yes, for real. yes, definitely. For real, definitely. for real, man. People ain't uh, sleeping. Uh, too, hey, man, then you gotta count for on um, Kyron Williams in the backfield, man. Yeah, I'm saying. So they're gonna be a good team. I think. I think if I'm them, you know what I'm saying. If I'm building on this team, man, I um, and it's not. We didn't got. I didn't got off subject, but I, I go with that old line, man. Make sure yeah, I protect. You know Make sure yeah, I protect the old man back there. Yeah, man. I feel. You. So let me go into my rivals, man. And uh, so the rivals for this week, man. I'm gonna give it to your boy D Wade. Dwayne Wade, man, is getting a statue built for him later this year. Yeah, that's right. Um, and he deserve it, man. This dude right here, you know, I did a a video a couple uh, last week on Eric Sposa and where he embodied the Miami culture. Man, Miami culture went wouldn't be there without Eric Sposa. I mean, just I mean, without uh without D Wade. I mean to say D Wade is a it was was a, one of those guys that was the staples of that Heat culture. The reason why we say Wade County because of him. And so, exactly. I mean, he deserve it, man. And I'm looking forward to uh, them doing a revealing of the statue, man. So that's going to be my arrival for this week, Dwayne Wade getting the statue. Okay. My arrival for this week is going to be Mike Novell and what he's did in the transfer portal. Mm. You know, he didn't snag like two of them boys from out of Bama, about five of them, like four, five of them boys from out of Alabama. Told him, come on home, man. Down here to Tallahassee, man. Let me let me ask you this, because I was reading something before I got on, before we got on this live screen, man. It was like Florida State uh fans getting excited about uh bench warmers for Alabama. But I'm like, you know, go ahead. I'm I'm a, I know I I know what I would say, but I'm gonna let you take that because that's the question what well, I would first ask of you. All, first of all, you gotta look at the bench warmer that we got that was the Georgia Bulldog and Tremaine Johnson that that um was an absolute animal, you know, when he came to us. And not only mm-hmm. that, what he did in the NFL, mm-hmm. what he's doing in the NFL. And um, so I mean, you we have to look at we have to look at that though, man. Like um being able to get the most out of these players, man. You gotta look these four-star athletes. You gotta mm-hmm. look at these the same, and, and, and you remember I bought this, brought this up uh, you know, some some months back. You talking about bench warms. Mm-hmm. These are the same guys that Bama was grooming to be a starter. Right. Possibly the next season or whenever. Right. So, yeah, you damn right I'm excited. You know what I'm saying? Because these, <laughs> these was four-star players, man. These was players that these not these wasn't players that was going to remain on the bench. You know what I'm saying? The reason right. that they on the bench because the people that was already there before them, the upperclassmen. Right. right. You know what I'm saying? I so, feel yeah, I'm excited about that. You see how they got the A with the spear going through it? 
I ain't see that yet. You oh, show man, me. you'll see it. They're going to show it to you. you know, yeah. Go see it. Yeah, man. And so, for, so with that being said, man, it's been a great dope hour. We went a little over today because I think what we really wanted to talk about, but I think we was able to get everything in that we wanted to talk about, man. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the live stream, man. Uh, it'll Tar, be what's up? It'll be up on um, it'll be up on on Apple News on Apple Music, uh, podcast, all those streaming services probably tomorrow morning. So for yeah. you guys that wanted that didn't get a chance to listen to the whole thing, y'all can go back replay it, listen to it from the beginning. Um, it's your boy Joe. Hold on, before we leave, man, I just want, you know, I got to give a shout out to the family, man. You know, they've been rocking out with us, man. We appreciate the support, the love we've been getting, man. Y'all been been down with us since day one. So, man, um, much love, family, friends, man, everybody that's been rocking out with us, man. That's what's up, man. And we always thankful, thanking God for everything and all the blessings that we receive, man. Can't forget Um, that note, man. Go ahead, man. You want to close us out today? All right, man. Y'all already know what it is, man. You know, glory be to God, man. You already know, man. It's your boy Joe and your boy Greg, man. And we out. Peace.